welcome to another episode of Reproducibility. I'm Sophia Crevel, and today I'm joined by Jan Bonnagen and Hello. Sam Parsons. Hello. Um, who are respectively in Germany and the Netherlands today, I think. Yeah. And I'm back on the bad internet. Hooray, <laughs> <laughs> Germany! <laughs> yeah. It's such a... Anyway, that, that, that could be a topic for another episode. No. Um, oh, yeah, so that would be a rant. That um, would just be a rant about a different internet provider. Um, but, yeah, today we aren't talking about German internet, though that would be fun for everyone involved. We're talking about conferences. Um, the title of this episode is Conferences, Yay or Nay. So, Jan and Sam, Conferences, Yay or Nay. Should I start? Yeah, you go. Go ahead. With the more middle-of-the-road opinion. So um, I I, I kind of like conferences for the most part. After a conference, I want to lock myself into a room for a week, but mostly I kind of enjoy them. But also the conferences where we go to in uh, human-computer interaction, um, for us, it is the main like academic output. We submit our papers to the conferences and then at the conference you kind of get this barrage of the most topical research that is just that is literally published with the conference so it is a very nice condensed way to get i guess most of the important research in the field um and it's it's kind of it's a really nice victory lab Right, you get a paper accepted, you get it published, and you're together with all the other people who got their paper published, and it's it's kind of really nice. Um, I found. Um, so conferences like that, I I kind of like and enjoy. So overall, it's a yay from you. It's a yay with conditions. Yeah. I I mean there are conditions which I think we will get. There are many conditions which I think we will get to. Um, but overall, um. I like at least some conferences and think they're valuable. Sounds good. Okay, Sam, conferences, yeah or nay? Um, I, I probably fall closer to the nay camp. Um, I, I do agree that they're useful for some things. Um, and I have been to some that I've very much enjoyed and got a lot out of and learned a lot and uh, gained collaborations from and all of the like good things that I think we could talk about conferences for. But I think also, as we'll touch on throughout, there are lots of downsides or issues or inequalities that come with conferences that I think the reason why I fall much closer to the nay is because I think in general, there are alternatives that I feel like we could probably achieve most, if not all of the same goals, but in a, a better, more equitable, more environmentally friendly kind of way. Um, and I guess I guess for context, like the conferences I've been to in general are much more of the the standard. You have two, three, four hour and a half, two hour long symposia a day where I mostly, however interested I am, start to fall asleep <laughs> sitting in the back because it's four or five kind of talks in a row. You have keynotes, which are cool if you're interested and you like the keynote speaker. But if you don't, then great, you get free time. <laughs> and it's kind of like, well, I could have free time at home. Um, and maybe this is exacerbated by um, lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that's maybe also why 
why we wanted to talk about this as well, because conferences feel like they mm. mean something very different over the last couple of years and also now that there's a kind of a very big push to pretend everything's not like everything's like it was five years ago and mm -hmm. let's proceed as normal. Um, how about you, Sophia? Where, where do you sit? Well, yeah, in a, in a way this worked out perfectly because I think I'm somewhere in between. Um, I'm not quite on the A camp, in the A camp, but I'm also not quite in the A camp. Um, so I see the downsides that Sam mentioned. Um, and even without um, conferences in the fields that I'm sort of <laughs> in creating the same kind of outputs as in, in Jan's case, um, I, I see a lot of benefits from going to conferences that I'm, so I'm basically not convinced that that can be recreated in, in another form. Um, yeah. And so like, I, I think it, individually, I would, if someone came up to me and asked me, should I go to a conference, this, well, this conference, um, I'd probably say if it's something that's of interest to them that they should go as long as they get someone else to pay it. Well, if this is, if, well, assuming this is an ECR who doesn't, you know, who needs to find funding for this. Um, mm -hmm. or in general, also any academic, like you, I don't think you should be paying your own money, <laughs> using your own money to, to go to conferences. Um, and yeah. so that's the individual side. But then on the system, systemic side of things, that's obviously super problematic if the conferences don't provide funding and people have different access to funding to go to conferences, uh, right? Like all of these inequalities that, that Sam talked about. So that's why I'm kind of, kind of in between. Like I think, it's an unfair system, but I also really, really enjoy conferences, and I think they they can be really, really great for lots of different reasons. So, do you guys think this um, inequality has improved? No, the equality is the thing that should improve, and that equality has improved uh, during Corona and like when everything shifted to online conferences and. Uh, we might now continue to see online or at least hybrid offerings. Uh, <laughs> and so if this is online conferences, yeah, and they, it's a strong nay for me, to mm -hmm. be honest. Like I, I can see how in theory that works, but in practice, it just doesn't, because you don't, you cannot take the same time out of your day yeah. to go to an online conferences, a conference that you can to go to a, a real life conference. And obviously, Real life conferences are super hard for people who have the kind of responsibilities that mean that it, it, it is very difficult for them to take that time out to go to the real life conferences. So, right, I'm, it's not, it's not easy, but I, I mean, I personally have not gotten even close to, well, no, really, like, I have not, I have not gotten much out of online conferences, especially when compared to real life conferences. I think a lot of the added value from in-person conferences comes from you kind of going to different talks that you might not mm. have sat in front of a laptop <laughs> to like for kind of thing um, from the coffee breaks in between the the chats over over lunch whatever right all of yeah. these things that you really just cannot create in an online online format yeah, and um, I had now had one official hybrid conference, uh, Kai 22, um, which was in New Orleans. Um, and like 
prior and very quietly they shrunk down the hybrid aspect of it because originally they wanted to have this whole virtual pre-conference and then basically have a second conference mostly in person um but then they just did like this parallel um so really hybrid and it was a miserable experiences mm. like they required you to have three different programs running like most of the social stuff happened on discord and then you had this weird conference website that mostly then hosted youtube streams and none of the streams were working and when you were watching you were more or less completely isolated um and sometimes just ignored by the hosts and um, who had a lot of shit going on um so no blame on them uh, and no blame on the student volunteers who had the miserable task of dealing with all the IT. Um, but yeah, it was the online, uh, the hybrid portion was completely pointless in that case. Um, also, it cost, it still cost like $150. And um, luckily, not me paying. Um, and I think all of the virtual stuff then went on to like public YouTube a week after. So there was absolutely no point for me to pay the oh um to like pay the virtual fee um that well, that's might wild because, <laughs> yeah it, it might improve if they get more used to it but then again at least virtual conferences they now had two years to practice so um i was shocked how bad that ran um but maybe you know hybrid only virtual that might be a different beast again yeah hybrids definitely it's just a wild, a wild thing that I, I feel like there probably is a way to make it work, but I'm also not convinced it would look anything like what we think a conference looks like, which I think is also kind of my perspective as well, that I think if, if we think we're trying to recreate a conference that we would have been to five years ago, we're kind of doomed to fail in a way as well, like... I, I like the idea of a virtual space that you can walk around in and talk to people. It, it didn't help me <laughs> anything that I've been to because it's in some ways even worse for socially awkward people to be like, oh, I'm going to move my little avatar up to join this conversation. It's like, okay, cool. But it, it still has Just that Just wait same... for the metaverse. Oh, yes. Oh, but, goody. But Sam, you, you said you were convinced... Oh, God, yeah, the metaverse. Fantastic. <laughs> but, yeah, Sam, you said you were convinced more convinced of the new ways of doing conferences i i um, think so there's... do you want to sell them to us you were, you've been suspiciously quiet <laughs> <laughs> no i i i think there's a lot of aspects of conferences that could nicely be recreated so i have been to a few um kind of poster style sessions that in my view worked just as well as in-person conferences again it kind of relied on a virtual space and it relied on having speakers kind of virtually present but to me it had the same discussion aspect as well as the same a few posters left with the speaker standing completely alone for an hour and a half so like we, we can also recreate the, the isolating sad parts of conferences quite quite well virtually which is great um i i think partly it's just i'm i'm not convinced that some aspects that we think of conferences doing well I don't think they do well in the first place. So like disseminating knowledge is great, but what what knowledge is it? What stage is it at? So like Jan's conferences sound great because it's the main output. So it's 
um, kind of where people in the field are going to get that brand new knowledge. Like these are going to be the papers. This is what's new. Whereas at many other conferences, it's kind of like, okay, so is this is this work in progress? Is this? I mean, you submitted the abstract six months ago, so maybe it's. I mean, let's not kid ourselves that peer reviews that quick. But maybe it's already been submitted and under review. So in that case, are you actually after feedback? Are you after sharing the work? Like, it's very ambiguous what stage it's at, which to me then creates this kind of weird, I mean, how many talks have we been to where there's been no questions, right? So then it's not about yeah. getting feedback on your work if the understanding is that you don't get questions, basically, for most things. So that you mentioned peer review, um... For me, it is that quick because since we are on this conference circle, you submit three months, a month, one and a half months later, a, a, a set time later, you have your peer review and then you have a chance to either revise or kind of wait till next year. But our papers are out half a year after we submit them, uh, if they get accepted. Um, so compared to what I heard from psychology, that is great. Yeah. So you know, an added bonus to our system, I guess. And that, that to me is where it works, right? I mean, you've got the output mm -hmm. as part of the conference. So you are presenting work that's going to be an output. The whole idea about this being like the, the novel, the novel work that people need to know about sort of, it really rings true, I think. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm not convinced that in this, I'll say standard for one better word. I'm not convinced that that's the way that it normally is in conferences, but maybe I'm just down on conferences yeah. in general. And that's. Yeah, I think, and I think standard is doing quite a lot of work, right? Like standard in psychology. I do think we might have to talk about what kinds of conferences we've been to, what kind of con kinds of conferences there are. Yeah. Right. Like I guess in psychology, I mean, I don't work. I would like to say, like in other science, some other sciences, maybe, but I don't know. But in psychology, you do. I've only, ever, I don't think, I think I've only ever been to two actual substantive psychology conferences. Yeah, um, and mm -hmm. it seems like for both of them, I had the experience that it wasn't that work in progress type of stuff. It was they were they were papers that by that point had been accepted somewhere or had even already been published, um, and it was kind of like a victory lap, but in a way that, mm -hmm. uh, like, the, like what, that Jan mentioned, but not in a way that you could still give any feedback because it was all, I mean, the studies were done, right? So yeah. at best you can give feedback on the discussion. So, and I guess that, that makes it, that makes it difficult. It's kind of advertising at this point, right? Yeah. And so then, then like equity wise, it gets really bad, right? Because if it's really just advertising and you're giving more advertising space to the labs, that are probably already more likely to be published in the higher impact factor journal. Um, then what's what's the point? But I guess in, in other fields that's different, right? So in the sort of meta sciencey space, um, we've had some some different ways of approaching this. In philosophy of science, I think obviously it's it's different because it's like mostly people thinking <laughs> very hard about stuff rather than doing studies that you then can't change anymore. Um, it seems like it has much more of that work in progress type of feel where, you know, people even thank the participants of seminars or, or conferences for, for giving, you know, for discussing that paper with them in the mm -hmm. resulting publication. 
and then again, then I guess it's 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 more difficult to see how like if if you could properly recreate that kind of added value in in another format, um, or that, you know it's easier to see that conferences do something if you're either discussing work in progress or if you're maybe even if you go as far as as an ideal version of the SIPS conference. Um, which I'm not sure if if, if that's that, if that exists anymore either, but yeah. Is it worth describing what the SIPS conference is for those that? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, God damn it. Give me your work. <laughs> that wasn't my intention. Uh, the, the, the Society for the Improvement of Psychological Science conference. Well done. Um, is more of a working meeting, I guess. So while there are a few talks, it's much less based around kind of a, a normal conference, I guess, of lots of people give talks and posters, et cetera, and it's more about disseminating work. And a lot of it's more kind of working meetings to try and figure out solutions, to try and work on a particular project, to try and build the collaborations, to try and kind of do all of those aspects that I think is also what a lot of us say the benefit of conferences are, kind of building networks, et cetera, et cetera. But my experience of the SIPS conferences, you you end up sitting down with people and you actively work on projects with them. So you start collab you can start collaborations at the meeting itself rather than it being what I've seen as a more, let's say, pessimistic networking approach, which is basically I've heard that these senior famous people are at these conferences. Maybe I can try and bump into them and hopefully that will help my career. Like that's a very different kind of networking. And I think Which also like, obviously mm -hmm. won't happen because those senior people have their friends and they're going to be going to uh, to lunch and dinner and drinks with their friends and not with random grad students. Yeah, which is also in, why, in why I like... In those traditional conferences, which yeah. is very different at these more non-traditional conferences. Yeah, again, you can make friends with, <laughs> with the real adults. <laughs> Didn't this thing go around on Twitter a while back where somebody said uh, the, your age index should be printed on, onto your badge so they know no. they're wasting their time. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was a joke, but oh it made the rounds because some people, uh, I think, believed it. Maybe it was even meant seriously. There, there was but, a, yeah. I, th I think it was a predatory conference that somebody shared a screenshot of before where the order of the speakers was ordered by H index. Um, oh God. Which like clearly it was a, well, I hope clearly, although maybe mm. sometimes the boundary is a bit more blurred. Um, it was a predatory conference, but at the same time, like there are people that believe in that. Like we think it's ridiculous, but <laughs> that is the accumulation yeah. of, uh, yeah, prestige numbers, blah, blah. We, we, well, we like... think it's ridiculous, but we also know that, uh, lots of hiring decisions and promotion, this isn't like that kind of stuff. Are... Yeah. So... I mean, I have to, my most, um, valuable networking, I think, was just standing together with other PhD students off, uh, in coffee breaks and just either nerding out about our topics or just having small talk and kind of connecting on Twitter afterwards. And then you have this kind of uh, network with other people who are interested in the same stuff. Um, and obviously that's going to be the most valuable network as well, right? Like the, the value is yeah. the, sort of the network of your actual peers, because they're going to be the ones going through the same kind of things as you are. They're going to be the ones more likely to be open to collaborating um, with you. And you're also the ones more fun to collaborate with, probably, on average. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, you're, you're very right. I agree. 
So what kind of conferences have you guys been to? And what, what, what has your experience been like at them? Uh, I've been to now two physical conferences. One was in 2019, like two months after I actually started my um, PhD program. Um, and that that was great, just standing together with other very young researchers, with researchers who had just published their first paper. Um, also kind of seeing the bigwigs in the field in person. Um, you know, just standing there looking like normal hum human beings and giving pretty shitty talks, you know, really put <laughs> stuff into perspective. Um, okay, that's a strong advantage of going to conferences. Yeah, you see the human side of people who for some <laughs> somehow publish 20 papers a year. Um, and then, you know, for some reason, no physical conferences happened for a while. Um, and the, like the same conference, but then online where for me it was just this really stark contrast of, yeah, you're not meeting anybody. Um, the closest interaction you have is asking a question in the chat and then the person trying to answer the question, that's it. Um, and then in late 2021, I was at a very small conference, um, Interactive Narratives. Um, kind of an adjacent area to mine, um, which was very small. I think there were like 50 people, maybe, which is great because you could distance and wear masks and everything. And again, this was really this very nice getting together, talking to interesting people, seeing papers that um, you otherwise wouldn't be interested in because you read the title and think, yeah, this, uh, this, sounds, this sounds like I could spend my time in a better way. Um, yeah, and then there was the hybrid conference in May this year, which I was there on hybrid. Um, the thing turned out to be kind of a super spreader event um, because it was in New Orleans and the US is... Nah. Um, but as far as I know, you know, all mild cases and stuff. But yeah, I think this at this point, this is also kind of a thing we have to keep considering, right? What is the health risks of traveling? But yeah, overall, my physical experiences were quite good. Sips, I only ever Sorry, been that virtually. Sounds... So. <laughs> I am 13. Sorry. Uh, Sab, how have your physical experiences been? <laughs> um, very mixed, I think. So like the, 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 sip, the first couple of sips in person were great because it was exactly the meeting people, working on things. Like if you want to call it networking, the whole thing was networking, right? It's meeting people, you're going to work on things in the future. I mean, Thought Project happened from SIPs and then from another SIPs it grew and it wouldn't be here without that. So some really great things have come out of those kinds of conferences. But I've also been to conferences where, like clearly some conferences are to make money, right? <laughs> like it's it's mm. fine for the society, et cetera, et cetera, but hold, holding it at an expensive hotel and all of that is it's such a money generating thing. And then when it's organized poorly on top of that. So I've, I've been to poster presentations where this is me trying to do visuals over audio. It's going to be great <laughs> where you have posters presented in almost like a triangular formation or like a zigzag, but then also against walls. So if you want to see a poster, you basically have to be two foot away from it. 
Mm. And to me, that's not about sharing work and sharing posters and actually encouraging mostly junior researchers to share their work. It's, I don't know, it, maybe it's just the organization side, but to me that speaks to, I don't know, some people need to have some kind of presentation to get funding, so that's how it's kind of arranged. But otherwise, mm. sometimes it just feels like, okay, we can we can put more butts in seats, essentially, if we have these other mm. formats, and then it's not doing the job that I think it's supposed to do. And that that's where I maybe a few of those kind of experiences or just sitting through talks that again, I've kind of gone, well, I, I could have napped for two days and got just as much mm. <laughs> out of, out of some conferences and it's fine, <laughs> I guess, but also like that, that was flights. That was taxpayer money going into grants to get me there and stuff. And I think, do you know what, mm. if that money was saved, you could have five or six smaller specialist meetings, for example, in which that sounds more like Jan's with 50 or so people in the room that are experts in mm. something or like that's their interest. And then you can get lots of stuff out of that as opposed to big giant, I don't know. Like I, I agree with you because you, you mentioned the sort of absurd cost of these conference hotels. I have thought before that, because I've, I've not, yeah, anyway, but I have thought before that that kind of way of doing conferences is a bit like academic publishing where somehow these academic societies got into something where they where they're really being ripped off. I mean you saw that with COVID mm. where lots of them had to then happen anyway or happen really have they had they had to happen in twenty twenty one at the or at the venue plan for twenty twenty because otherwise they would have lost like hundreds and thousands of insert uh, <laughs> currency here. Um yeah. And yeah, that's that's obviously quite wild. Um, and then also in terms of the but in terms of the poster sessions, uh, I do think that can depend on on, um, on your, the field that you're in as well. Because I've done I've done poster sessions in different fields and at at philosophy science conferences um, as well. And because it's relatively new there, you actually get professors doing that as well. Mm. And that means that everyone takes the poster session seriously. And I had a much better time presenting my poster for three hours than I've than I've ever had presenting giving a talk. Um. I find poster sessions so uncomfortable. Like you're walking through looking at a poster and next to it is a very eager person looking at you waiting for a question <laughs> and you can just nod and yeah this sure is a poster. Sorry from afar it looked like it is interesting but this is totally not my area. I'm not going. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I. Maybe I'm too. Uh, too sort of blunt for like, to, to find that really, really awkward. Like I'm. I'm both fine with standing by a poster and having someone come close to it and going, mm, "Sorry, I thought this was something else." <laughs> and with being the person who sort of looks around and, well, having said that, obviously I have, I have stood at posters before because it looked like the person had not talked to anyone all night. And you were a bit mm, like, yeah. no, please tell me about this research that I have nothing to do with, so that you're not so sad. That's that's yeah. been my challenge. I've had to very much take a Sam bite your tongue approach because if I don't fully understand or not understand, if it's not my area, then naturally my questions end up being more methodological or statistical, which quite often are like the dick questions to ask when you're standing at a poster. So it's like, 
I mean, especially for me, right? It's like your your measures aren't reliable. How can you gain? <laughs> like, it's really hard not like I've never said anything that brutal again because I don't say anything because I don't know how to word these things in like the nice way. And it should be. But what you want to say? Is... And it's it's not it's not that I want to like tear down or anything like that. That's not what it's for. But sometimes, it's like, I'm curious why you did this. Can also hmm. not be the nicest thing for. Um, particularly very junior people to to face because then it's like well I, I I spent weeks preparing a poster to get critiqued like there should be some level of critique right it's understanding but also mm-hmm. it can really easily be a very negative experience for folk so I'm trying to avoid that I mean with talks as well right I, I listened yeah. to talks where I was the whole talk through I was thinking oh oh god this person is about to start crying any second now and uh, because they were just so stressed by the whole thing. Um, I think at least now we are moving towards, if you want, you can just have a video presentation, which I think for many, many people would be great. Um, yeah, and afterwards, then you have quest. then you sometimes you just get questions where, I remember what somebody once asked the speakers, you know, if you have too many people, you can make every result significant. <laughs> if you have too many participants, they had 30 people. Oh, <laughs> it, it oh, was fun. So was that question yeah. related to the, to that particular talk? Or? <laughs> yeah, they, they said, oh, we have significant results here and here. Yeah. Like we have a significant increase in, um, in memory retention and this person, you know, afterwards said oh yeah but um, you, you know <laughs> yes uh, if you you know if you have too many people you can make everything significant oh, wow. so so I, yeah, I have a question but, about that well it's, it's more of a comment mm-hmm. than a question oh um, nice. <laughs> that's a very nice segue to talking about that is yeah oh yeah we can do we can do that um can can senior people not be dicks at conferences can that be my my take home like there's there's no need for <laughs> for any of that no if it's not your presentation, this is, I'm, I'm just going to rant. Why not? If it's not your presentation, no one, you, no one needs to hear five minutes of your latest book. Just stop it. If it's more of a comment, then have a chat with the speaker afterwards. Like, if, if the question or the comment's not going to help the understanding of the audience, do, does it really need to be that way? But if you're not a dick after a presentation, how can people know that you're senior? <laughs> oh... I'm not. I'm not sure if it's just senior academics, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not yeah, necessarily. Like if, if you're talking, if, if you're talking just about comments, then I'm. You know, yes. Like, what's what's the point? Like, you're you're, you're holding things up, and it's very difficult for the person moderating. Like if there's a person moderating to deal with that, especially if they're junior and, and the person yeah. going on and on is senior. But if it's, I, I'm not. I'm a bit more unsure about critical questions. I guess it depends on. On the venue, on the on the context, yeah. how critical you 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 can get, because it would be a shame if it really was just because if it, re- if it really is just an advertisement session yeah. and no one's allowed to ask any critical questions, because that would then tear the person down immediately, rather than it being about doing things better. Mm, yeah. Then then I then I'm going very far into the conference's knee. But that, I mean, there's very much like there's field norms, right? So, like you say, there's some spaces where the discussion is intended to be like a discussion and a critique and sort of building that forwards. Whereas in other ones, 
like clearly it's it's five minutes to try and get extra context or extra information about the presentation or ask questions and it's I don't know that there's there's critique and then there's I don't know capital C critique right I guess mm -hmm. and although sometimes it's hard to see the difference like when you see the difference it's stark I think in a lot of cases so so the yeah. the, the the skill of um seeing seeing the difference between a critique and a critique is more of an artisan kind of flair it's, it's type a humanity of thing. thing i think <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. no no i sorry i was making a reference to a reference to like uh these you know like if you, well, if you know if you feel if you feel it replicating something then you're just lacking lacking flair oh yes so you know if you can't see the difference between a critique and the critique then yeah. that's just <laughs> sorry <laughs> Um, has has anyone's mind been changed uh, from their initial? So initially we had a yay ish from Jan, hmm. a nay ish from Sam, and a, uh, <laughs> somewhere in between from me. Um, have you guys changed your mind? Uh, Jan, do you want to start again? I, I would ha hate myself if I wouldn't bring this up more explicitly like there is this massive inequality right if you have a small child at home and you and you don't have anybody to give that child to during the time you would be away and um, you know if you have to bring the child with you if you have physical or mental barriers that that just hinders you to fully partake in an in-person conference and if at the same time a conference is the main or event in or <laughs> like all kinds of yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, just if the building isn't wheelchair accessible, most basic thing you would think, um, right? You immediately, if you're a wheelchair user, you have a massive problem. Um, and if at the same time, like a conference is um, the main event in your field, the main way to interact, the main event where things happen, and you cannot go there, you are out of that out of the eyes of that field for at least a year if you can come next year so it's great if you can be there but if the drawbacks of not being there if the punishment for not being there is so great we definitely need to have other things as well so that's for your field in particular yeah yes you know where it is such a central element i i wish it would be it would be more accessible but also, it's 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 great when you can be there. So it's yeah. still a yay with conditions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Like if it was, if it would be the only way, you know, get rid of conferences, and then we would be more equitable. Throw them out immediately. Though I would kind of uh, be sad. I mean, I think I, I I'll just uh, I'll just go next because I think I'm, I'm probably closer to Jan than Sebastian. <laughs> I agree. So I think I in like conferences in conferences if if put on in a way that as many people as possible can participate and yeah like given lots and lots of caveats basically I'm a big fan of conferences yeah but also yeah so some yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah I'm I'm still between yay and nay I don't want to f fully say yay but. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think you summarized it really nicely earlier that it's if you if one on one someone was to say, I have the funds from my studentship grant, whatever, to go to this conference, should I go, assuming that it's relevant, et cetera, et cetera, then I'd say, yeah, go. 
but then it's that like on a, on a it's also a great opportunity to try like i i've all of my non-european travel i've done was paid by universities yeah <laughs> or like funders like exclusively i've never gone like further than so right it's that's fantastic that's great fun yeah, on, on, on a on a personal level it's great right and that's i i i think i find it really hard to not and I'm not. I I don't mean this in like some kind of bullshit virtual sig- virtue signaling kind of way, but it's really hard to see that. Like as soon as you say personal benefit, that means that a lot of people don't get that benefit, right? Yeah. And it means that either, and it's they they might even have everything in place, but just universities are so terrible at reimbursing money that you might not mm. be able to go, or you might put yourself in financial difficulty to be able to go. And I think at at those points, if we if if it was purely about kind of going somewhere as a mini holiday where you can talk about research as well, great. But it's Dreamy. not, right? As as Jan said, <laughs> yeah. if it's if it's about something that might also influence the way that you're seen and assessed in your field, that it influences your CV, it may influence it likely influences the opportunities that you get in the future, then I I don't know that, again, they're great on an individual basis if you can go, but for all of the, I don't know, maybe it's not being, it's not the most open thing in open science slash scholarship, right? It very much hits that, who is it open for? And it's the same people that it's always been open for. And yeah, I think, I think, I, I, think I, I would go as far as maybe saying that if, if, you're, if, you, if your conference, um, you know, if, if it's a conference that's meant to be a bigger conference, um, cannot provide fun funding for um, early career researchers or under other unfunded um, or like underfunded um, researchers, then maybe it shouldn't be put on at all. So you say yeah. it's, it's a systemic thing, right? It's in individual benefit versus systemic issues, and I, I'd say we're, we're all in a quite lucky position that we've been able to go. We've had the opportunities. I, I, there's also people that are self-funded right throughout studies at the best or at the start of things and it's hard i like conferences i would like to see them both more equitable and better to like to really live true to what they promise to be for more people Mm-hmm. Yay! That's a very nice way of finishing. Sorry, I just I, did I ruined that by saying I, I ruined that by saying yay like that. But yes, Sam, you win. That, that's that's okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that little snippet and just have it like that can be my like you, your your code <laughs> ran effectively thing. Yay! yay! You did it. <laughs> we all need to reinforce each other more positively more often. Exactly, exactly. That's how it goes. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for uh yeah, for this nice nice chat about conferences. And um yeah, likewise. I hope we can maybe continue this discussion um with anyone who's listening online and let us know what you think. Um <laughs> now I feel like I'm a YouTuber going. Like like and subscribe. <laughs> Bio no, merch. but you know, genuinely, like we'll have we'll have not considered so many things because we are like not because we're necessarily dicks, but because we're finite human beings. So let us yeah. let us know what what really really obvious, really glaringly obvious things we've um, not taken into consideration. And then we'll revisit and see how accurate our yays or nays are. 
<laughs> exactly. Say something that makes someone. No, I think we're. I think we all won in this episode. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even talked about that some people are just not safe to be around. Oh, so, we have not talked about that. We've very nicely not talked no. about that. Mm. Oh. All right. On that note. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we did it. Oh God. Oh God. Stop the recording. <laughs> Should I edit that out? No. <laughs> Hi, post recording Jan here. As soon as we had stopped recording, we did realize we hadn't discussed all the potential problems that can arise when people from all over the world are tossed into the same space. From fiction caused by different cultural norms, backgrounds, and language uses to conference organizers and participants allowing spaces to become or themselves making them unsafe. However, to some degree, we are not really the right people to adequately discuss this. Still, in future, we want to come back to this, probably including a topic into a wider discussion of how the academic community does or does not deal with people and practices that make our shared spaces unsafe and hazardous. Until then, please feel free to share your thoughts with us in the comments or by writing us. And now, back to the regular outro. See ya. You listen to Reproducibility Season 2, Episode 4, Conferences, Yeah or Nay. Your hosts this episode were Sophia Crevel, Sam Parsons, and Jan Vornhardt. On Twitter, you can find them as at Crevelli, at Sam underscore D underscore Parsons, and at JB. This episode was produced by Sylvia Crevel and Sam Parsons and edited by Jan Vornhardt. For more information and to get involved, please visit reproducibility.org. Thank you for listening.